Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall and I'm joined by... James Hancock. Nice to be here with you, Rhonda. Nice to be here with you too, James. We're coming to you this week as we often do from Gadigal Land, part of the Eora Nation. And we want to start appropriately by acknowledging Elders past, present and emerging of First Nations Australians and also pay our respects and our gratitude for the care they've taken of this land for thousands of years before people like us got here. So down to the podcast, three important topics, two very topical issues we want to talk about, and then one example of someone doing some amazing work. Now, all three of these topics I absolutely love, so I'm very excited to be talking about them. Me too. Albeit they're not all positive. They're not, but we can't only cover good news. That's exactly right, and we've got an angle to them that's actually quite positive. So let's start with point one. We want to talk about identity. Mm-hmm. And the reason we want to talk about it is that it is under attack in yep. America yep. and it is absolutely on the front foot in Australia. And I think that division of how that identity and openness to different identities in particular is really opening up some very, very different conversations on either side of the Pacific Ocean or whatever you want to call that, however it is. we're divided. Yep, it is. So Florida's current governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, has just mm. uh, signed up, as we all know. He's, he's doing the Stop Woke Act, as it known, it's known. So yep. the Stop Woke Act is basically under the guise of saying we should all feel good about who we are is theoretically the, the message. But what the message really is, is that certain aspects of race and gender um, cannot be discussed and cannot be taught at school. And they're quite restrictive. They sort of bring that in yep. and saying, you're only allowed to talk about these things like this. Yeah. So basically education, right? Like maybe I'm too simple. Education is a really important system of how we set up someone's entire life for yep. many, many people. Yep. And in America, absolutely. And we're now controlling that really tightly around key messages set by a slither of society. Yeah, that's that's exactly makes sense. It's exactly what they're doing, and and it's interesting. I've lived in Chicago for a number of years, which I dearly love. Mm. You've lived in New York and Philadelphia, yep. so we both know and love this country of America a lot. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we're not throwing stones, having zero context. No, we just we're just trying to get to this point that when you start to restrict a person's ability to talk about their identity or to yep. challenge identity, to talk about what history has been written from, what perspective, yep. that there's other perspectives that can be done quite differently, this is where you start to get a really challenged idea of what people are allowed to talk about. So critical race theory is the graduate level academic framework that's talked about in America. But all of a sudden that's been extrapolated that out to sound quite stilly at a kindergarten level and saying no one can ever talk about that. And you go, well, it's actually critical race theory is actually a really important way to look at race and a good way to challenge all all of us to think very differently about how history has been written. And so we've got to be careful that that nationwide that they're now doing um, objective and ambition to close it up and let's shut it down and let's not talk about anything that challenges anything other than something that I feel comfortable with mm. is a very, very narrow view um, of how that's been pers- built into perspective. Mm. And I think that balance, and it's the same in Australia, right, from a how we set education. I think that's very interesting is are you going to have 50-odd versions of how you teach kids? Yeah. And we have whatever, <laughs> seven, eight, 11, depending on how you split everything out. But basically, we've got different variations of um, how we set education. So if I grew up in Tassie, but now I'm in New South Wales, I got a different take on 
yeah. take on some things, right? And if, and if you Pretty get to a point where history is actually a really interesting lesson, mm. I, I don't know if anyone's had a chance to do it, but if you, if you haven't, then do find yeah. the opportunity. But the yeah. Soweto Museum Ooh. in South Africa, in, mm. in Joburg, and it's actually very, very interesting, is it doesn't give you an opinion of it. It just gives you a whole bunch of people are in a historical moment together, yep. which was the riots there. And it's here's a policeman's view, what it was like. Here's a rioter's view as they went on. Here's a parent's view of their child yeah. being killed in the street. You just hear all these perspectives and it's very sobering to walk through and say, now I've heard from everybody who was part of that. Yeah. I can now hear how history came about that day. I just found it was one of the, the most moving experiences I've ever seen from a history lesson. Yeah. And it's actually a duplicate of another museum that's in Ypres. Mm. We actually walk through a battle a battle of World wow. War okay. One, yep. and actually talks through what happened in this battle from the perspective of a farmer of both a soldier of both sides, a yep. farmer, yep. a farmer's wife, family, etc. So you get this history lesson where you do get to see it all. But the minute you start to say you can't talk about gay, you can't talk about gender, yeah. you can't talk about race, you really are restricting a person's ability to have an identity that they can be proud of, yep. um, and talk about it in a way that is their way of talking about it. Yeah, and that's another good um, example of where we're talking about identity and the fractures of identity and obviously under investigation, but overnight in Colorado, um, yeah. a, a nightclub known as a gay nightclub. Um, oh, someone yeah. walked in, 22-year-old, like horrific, five people um, died um, because of that terrible incident. But also just hearing the um, strength of the identity of people to overcome a gunman in a nightclub was pretty powerful on the flip side, but... It's putting all of these things at question, and I don't think people are coming together. I think they're dividing out in no. America, which is scary. Yeah, no, and yes, I saw a guy on TV talking about it, and he was talking about, you know, I came, I should have been in Las Vegas. He actually had, but I here I was in Colorado to celebrate yeah. my birthday with my friends. Yeah, and and now I've watched this happen. It was just heartbreaking to listen to that would happen for people for no other reason than their sexual orientation. It's like, what it's, is that about? It's huge. It's huge. Um, and that brings us to the flip side of this. So let's land on a positive about it. There was a really awesome article over the weekend that was actually in, um, what, I think in the Fairfax Papers. I can't remember where I saw it yeah. now. But it was a guy, a guy called Nick Bryant. Mm-hmm. Yep. He talked about Australia's clout being yeah. cultural clout, being replaced by cultural cringe. And he was talking about the Australian Chamber Orchestra and the concerts that they're doing in London mm. and how the fact that we're actually getting this new way of looking at Australians that we're not just all yobbos who drink beer. Although, you know, I'm happy for everyone to Love be yobbo and drink beer. Love drinking beer and being a yobbo, to be honest, but... <laughs> all good, yeah, all good. Get the cultural clout. <laughs> but we're starting to think about, you know, as well as drinking beer and being yobbo, we've also got Kate Blanchett and we've also got the Australian Chamber Orchestra, which is really cool. We do these amazing concerts in London. And that then is playing into our current conversations about a voice to parliament, yep. Uluru's statement, the growing support, which I'm extremely excited about for the Australian Republic, yeah. where we start to think about who we are, who we've been, who we'd like to be, yep. and having that conversation on identity in a very open way. And that absolutely starts with getting history so that we can see it from all angles. Yeah, and there's something in that about the breadth of identity and how it, how it does shape shift, what are parts of it, how does it evolve from there. All of that is really important. It's kind of cool to see that um, others are looking at our identity and sort of reflecting on that for us, but we're actually, that comes because we're shaping it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. 
I think it's super cool. Yeah. So identity, let's get out there and discuss it from every angle, hear other people's conversations about it and really start to decide who we want to be as a big country, grown-up country. Love it. Second topic. We want to talk about stepping up, stepping in, leaning in, whatever the right expression is. There's so much press around at the moment about how to play a small game. Yeah. I just wanted to call this out and talk about it's fine to play a small game, but let's also think about what it's like to play a big one. And we're starting to talk about this. Where did we start talking about it from? There was a Harvard Business Review article, brand new one. Yeah. And it's actually called When and How to Say No to Extra Work. Great. So I get the intent. They don't want to burn people out. They don't yeah. want to make people feel they're overwhelmed and everything else. But it is about um, consider your average week and see how you can stop stepping above that ever. I'm like, okay. And they give you yeah. a list of when not to do it. So there's there's this whole sort of setup around quiet quitting, that whole dynamic and everything else in this. Yeah, there's a little bit of that right through it because yeah. it's about this, how do you just keep yourself nice and contained and don't stretch yourself and, and keep it nice and tight so that you don't ever get stretched. Cool. I'm here to do the bare minimum, so let's keep this moving. <laughs> I think that's great. So the list they give you yep, go. is when not to do extra work. Okay. Yep. Say no when your primary job responsibilities will suffer. That's fair. You don't want to fail at your job. Yep. Say no when it's someone else's work. And I'm like, hmm. I've said yes many times when it's been someone else's work and they need a hand. Yeah. I'm actually pretty relaxed about stepping in when it's not my job or something like yep. that. Yeah. Say no when there's no clear exit strategy. That might be a bit of the, okay, you don't want to get too much on your plate, so you fail at everything. That's fair. Yeah. But sometimes the no clear exit strategy might be a new opportunity, a new stretch to your job, a new possibility. And the last one was to say no when the ask's unreasonable. So it's like, okay, it's going to kill you or exhaustion or something like that. But you can't say no to everything and still expect to be to do well, to be competitive, to be well thought of, to yep. be lent on when a colleague or a teammate needs it, boss needs it, whatever it happens to be. Mm. So saying no for the right reasons, sure, let's do that. But I wanted to add into the equation this, when do you say yes? Yeah, I love that. I think it's really important. Yeah, and I think there's patterns in that, right? Which is, do you? here's your choice if you're listening. You can always say no. Always. You can always say yes. Stay in your box, put a guardrail around it, just do what's asked. And somewhere that is in the middle but skews to yes is probably a good answer if you want to go far. I agree. So how are we going to get there? When should we say yes? Sorry. Uh, No, I I think it's... I was thinking through this one a lot because I think (laughs) I totally agree with you on all of um, what you just said there. Is There's a real risk in saying no all the time. You just, people will stop coming to you. Yeah. They won't give you something good yeah. where it was a great chance. Like yeah. there's so much in that. Oh my goodness. And the times when you do the real high performance stuff, the real stretch stuff, I'm not suggesting anyone burns out or anything like that. Not at all. But so let's not hedge it anymore. But you do want to do the stuff that's really the high bar. You want to get yeah. in there and really make it happen. And so you I would say yes when there's something there's someone really cool that you can learn from. Yeah, I love that. Get Inside a cut organization, outside, across walls, yeah. all of that. Yeah, right. I agree. So, hey, I know you're really tired, but I'm going to this amazing speech and, and yep. this guy's going to speak and you could learn something. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah, I agree. Massive uh, one. You get to do great work. That's when you really, okay, yeah. that was the project we had. But if we did this, this and this, we could make it even better. Yeah. 
and all of a sudden you're doing something really special that has a massive impact on lots of people and really lifts the bar for the whole organization. I think that's great fun. Love that one. Yeah. Someone needs you. You're just a good colleague. Like their yeah. life might be in a total sandstorm at the moment and they yeah. say, hey, James, can you give me a hand? Yeah, or they don't and you help them in a great way. Yeah, you help them in a great way and yep. step up, good colleague. Yep. Helps Love the it. team. Okay, so we're all running along. We actually can't quite carry it. We've all got to lift a little bit. Better we all lift a little bit than one person has to carry a double load. Bigger weight, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and try something different that adds value, which is, I think, you know, that conversation around... Actually, I'd love to learn that, but I've never had the opportunity. But if I could just do it, I, yeah. I could hop into that team and help. Yeah, I love that. So you were in Philadelphia. You stepped up in a massive way. Yep. Talk as, to me about as that. As the Philadelphia Eagles have stepped up in a great way <laughs> in the football season this year. I think they're now 8-1. and one. They won one game uh, overnight by a point. And I think that should be called out just in case the t- season goes bad from here. I'm genuinely shocked you didn't call me. my super bowl was this award it's from the society of um human resources yep sort of like the ari uh, equivalent over there yep um and it was for hr consultant of the year yeah and Um, you had this great colleague yeah not in our company who said dude put your name up let's go yeah someone from a really big media and telecommunications company globally i won't name him in this but i can <laughs> um, happy to happy to share the details now when did that that's scary but um nominate for trying something different in their approach to diversity equity inclusion and belonging yeah. um in a medium that would work uh well for them yeah and you won it yeah yeah <laughs> i thought when i saw the size of the award for being a finalist i thought Wow, I've won it, but it was very confusing. <laughs> it was just the beginning. Just the beginning. My kids won the pet parade. They got a really big trophy too. But your trophy was actually... That is awesome. Yeah, the trophy you got was really awesome. It was great fun. But that trophy you got, and but the more, much more important, the work behind it yeah. was not a small game. No. Like, what right do you have to talk about that as an Aussie in America? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it was the question, wasn't it? And you're like, I'm just going to put my hand yeah. And it was I think that's an example. Don't play a small game yeah. unless you actually want to be stuck in a tiny box. Yeah. And no one will ever invite you to the big game. And there's something about it as in between this point on um playing a bigger game and also to identity and I feel like there's some sort of connection between the two which yeah. is sort of like do you want playing a big game to be part of your identity? How do you do that? It's actually really saying that you need to have this ongoing curiosity around learning yeah. and things like that which you can carry <laughs> forward which is not only of skills and capabilities and everything else it's to others around you in the world yeah and you don't have to be the go-to player every single time and if you play no. team sports which we both do not well is... for me, <laughs> not me either anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is that you're always there you always try and be there be the best you can be for the rest of your team it doesn't mean you, you're always got the ball it doesn't mean you're always going to win you can rely on other people they can be the star today you're not all of that stuff but be ready be yeah. ready in case this is the game you need to play 10 times better than you ever have. I yeah. just think it's a really good motto. Um, topic three. Someone doing something really good. And I, I, I love this story. <laughs> we picked up one here. I mean, this person is already crushing it in the work they do. So this obviously will only help their social media profile just go <laughs> further up into the clouds. But we have to call out a Northern Beaches self-taught chef. Um, who started this thing called Recipe Tin, if I'm getting, if I'm remembering that right. But um, Nagi Mayashi, uh, Northern Beaches base, has this awesome cookbook out. I think it's like breaking records everywhere. 
It sold something like 37,000 copies in a week. I think it's like up there with Jamie Oliver and every everyone else. Um, just very huge discipline in the recipe she creates. She does like to nail a sponge cake between Japanese sponge cake and a more Western sort of sponge cake. I'll try that 90 times before I write the recipe. So I imagine <laughs> there's a lot of fat cake eaters on the Northern beaches. I can say that safely, um, but really cool to see her just absolutely crushing it um, with some amazing recipes. Um, self-taught, but doing a killer job. Love her work. Um, check it out. Yeah, released on the eight, on the eleventh of October. It is now the highest selling non fiction book in this country. That's wild. I think that's like probably the last person was like Scott Pape, um, barefoot investor. I reckon. Like, <laughs> of the, I feel like we need a lot of self help. I'm much more likely to read this. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how to save the money given high inflation to be able to do Nagi's recipes. Love that. <laughs> I think it's superb. Australia today. That'll do us for this week. Awesome, great podcast. See ya. Big more from us. Big more. <laughs>